0: So welcome to all of you. My name is Chantha. I get to serve as one of the pastors, and today I get to deliver God's Word. Always a joy and a privilege to stand before you to declare the Word of God. Take your Bible to the book of 2 Kings, chapter number uh, 6, which is where we we started, and we sort of just landed there last week, and I want to continue in our thought in our series of five powerful prayers. If you would just pray these types of prayers, you could radically change your prayer life. So, welcome. And last week was one of our first weeks that we reintroduced our, um, our online audience into our social media, and so we were able to uh, Pastor Jeremy and his team connect all social media back again with uh, some other avenues. And we had people tuning in live in our services, sending messages to our church from Asia watching our services online simultaneously and sending Facebook messages and Pastor Jeremy and his team and Sister Lori in the back communicating with them all while we were enjoying church service like this and people giving a thumbs up and a heart and all that and I just thought, isn't that so beautiful that the church of God is not just right here in Vero Beach but all around the world and that God would give us the privilege of stewarding the gospel and sharing that as far-reaching as we can. Part of our online audience is part of our missions community because the Bible tells us and gives us a command to go and preach the gospel into our neighbors and to the nations. And so when we share the gospel out in in the internet highway, if you will, God is utilizing that to encourage believers all around the globe and so we're grateful for that. Uh, tune in for tonight, 4 p.m. You're not going to want to miss it, all right? All right, right. Second Kings chapter number 6, verse number 15. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went, and behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city, and the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And that was the question we asked last week. What are we going to do? What are you going to do when you feel the weight of the world around you in that very minute? So here is a story of uh, Elisha and he has a servant and the story is, uh, starts off with a question because the servant of the Lord asked a question of, his, uh, uh, of the prophet. What are we going to do? We are perplexed. Uh, Paul the apostle said it best on, in one passage of scripture. I'm perplexed and I'm surrounded by every side. I look before me and enemies are before me. I look to my left and enemies are to my left. I look to my right and enemies are to my right. And I look behind me and oh my, I see enemies behind me as well. You ever have those situations in your life where you just feel like you're surrounded? You're surrounded by just the onslaught of the enemy or evil against you. This was the servant and so he asked His uh, prophet, he asked his man of God, he asked the Lord, what are we going to do? This is the dilemma. And verse number 17, then Elisha prayed. And that's the portion of scripture we want to concentrate on because when problems come our way, because I'm not sure if you know this or not, you might be tuned into this for the very first time. Problems happen to everyone. (laughs) Problems I know you might not believe this, but problems even happen in church. Problems happen at work. Problems happen in families. Problems happen in relationship. Problems are just around us because we live in a sin-sick world. We live in a fallen world with a fallen nature, and problems happen because problems exist. Sin exists. But I love what this man of God in this portion of Scripture does when, fall, when problems have befallen us. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to stand on my knees before God, and he prayed. He prayed. Then Elijah prayed. Elisha prayed and said, "Oh Lord, open." His eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire all around Elisha. We learned last week that just because the enemy is around us doesn't mean that the forces of good and God are not around us. Because they absolutely are. As a matter of fact, right now, guarding these very walls is what we have is a centurion in our church. Whereby they go and they just check in and make sure that we, as we are worshiping the Lord, that we are safe. I'm grateful for our centurion of our safety ministry that does that. Justin, it's awesome. But, you know what I love more? God sends angels all around us over our charge. That the forces of hell cannot penetrate what God is trying to do in the life of his church right now. When praises go up, when the spirit of worship goes up, when prayer goes up, wouldn't you understand that God, right now, in the presence of two or more that are gathered in my name, the Bible says, there he is in the midst of them also. Can you feel the presence of God through worship? Can you feel the presence of God when the word of God in John, the book of John, that says, His word became flesh and it became alive and it dwelt among us. The presence of God is here in our midst. We can celebrate that. And so here he was. He prayed a prayer, not saying, Lord, kill them all. Instead, he prayed a prayer, Lord, would you open up the eyes of my servant so that he can see that, God, you're working in our midst. Last week, we gave you five things because those five things are prayers that are going to impact us in the moment. So the first one was the prayer of perspective. The prayer of perspective. The prayer of perspective was this, well, I know what you see, so what you saw was the enemy all around, but the prayer of perspective is, Lord, open up my spiritual eyes so that I may see In other words, the psalmist David said, Lord, open up my eyes so that I may behold wondrous things out of your word. Well, when you start asking for prayers like that, when you start asking God to open up your spiritual eyes, God answers that prayer and allows you to see into the spiritual realm to let you know that everything's okay in my father's house. Everything's okay. The power of prayer is not the result of the person praying. Rather, the power of prayer is in the God that we are praying to. I'm glad that we can go to a brother or sister in the Lord and we can say, hey, brother, can you pray with me? Because there is a when there's power in the agreement of that prayer. But may I also encourage you as well, it's not the person that is praying. It's the God that we're praying to. We serve an almighty, powerful God. His name is Jesus. His name is Yahweh. His name is Jehovah. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the Comforter. He is the Healer. He is my banner. Jehovah, you are amazing. And that's my God. And that's the God that we pray to. So when you pray, it's not just who is praying, but remember who you are praying to. Oh, sometimes I feel like my prayers are inadequate. I pray, sometimes I feel like I'm inadequate. But that's the awesomeness of who our God is. He is never inadequate. He is never insufficient. He is never lacking. He is never not enough. He is more than enough. He is abundant. He is forever increasing. And that is our God. But the mere presence of belief, pastor, sometimes I don't mind praying, but sometimes I have unbelief. Like I want to believe what I'm praying, but sometimes I don't have belief. So what do I do about that? The mere presence of belief doesn't merely eradicate unbelief. He immediately and honestly beseeches Jesus to fill the gap. He's over here saying, Lord, look at all these enemies all around. Lord, I don't want to have unbelief that you're not with me, that you're not around me, that you're not for me. And so here in this moment, God changes his heart and opens up his eyes and lets him see. I love what Mark said in the Gospel of Mark when we have unbelief someone who needed Jesus to heal him. He said, I believe, God, but help my unbelief. You ever have those moments? Like, I believe you, but like I still am lacking that moment of faith. Lord, would you forgive me for that moment where I do doubt you? I love it. Lauren, we were up in the air and I was watching you. Lauren's first time traveling international. And she went to Nepal with us and um, mom gave her some, uh, some, some uh, oil, uh, essential oils, you know, because you can pretty much, that'll solve everything. <laughs> Young living, doTERRA, pour it on your head, on your body, drink it, do all that you need to do. In Jesus' name, you will be healed. So I was watching Lauren over there and um, I said, Lauren, are you going to be okay? And she looked at me like, Mhm. I saw right through her. She didn't believe we were going up on a smaller plane. Now, granted, we, just, we left Orlando at 2 a.m. in the morning. Who in God's name is up at 2 a.m. in the morning? And who are we going to blame for booking a flight so early in the morning that we have to wake up at 1 a.m. to be at the church at 2 a.m.? So we're getting from Orlando, we get to the airport, we're taking a nice flight on JetBlue to New York and then we're just scrounging around, Pastor Doug and myself, we're like, we have to get all the way to the other side of the terminal, to the other side of the airport, just to make our next flight, Qatar Airlines. We get there and nobody was there. Like our flight was going to be, you remember the Susan and Like, wait, how can this be? You've got to be here because our flight is leaving in the next hour, and we've got to check in, and we've got to do all that other stuff. And we're like, and we looked at one of the staff members, and we said, where is everybody? Did the rapture happen? Because I still see, I still see John Blake, and I know that that's not the rapture then. So all of a sudden, I'm, we're, we're like, where, what are we going to do? And they said, well, this is only for night flights. uh, morning flights for Qatar Airlines go through another terminal and we're like, oh no. So we get to the other terminal and we barely, I'm talking about barely by the time we pass through security. Pastor Doug was so nervous he left his bag at the security. We're just, we're frightened. Lauren, you remember all this? And then all of a sudden, we get onto our plane, barely, and we get to our plane. We're going on to another flight. We get onto Qatar Airlines. We make it to Doha, and then to Doha. We switch another plane. We make it to Kathmandu, and then we get to Kathmandu. Uh, Our next flight is early in the morning, and so once again, we get up early in the morning. We get to our next flight, and then I see Lauren and Susan, and they're like, that's our plane? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Lauren gets her anointing oil out in and, and the name of the... No, I'm kidding. So she gets her oils out, and I, I, I just check on, on her uh, lovingly. Uh, Lauren, are you going to be okay? I believe so. <laughs> but in there, I felt like, but, but Pastor, would you forgive my unbelief? <laughs> because it was such a small plane, and we felt all, that, all, all the air turbulence. You can feel all of it. I mean, John Blake, you fly airplanes, and you know you can feel some of that turbulence. And I kept looking at Susan, checking on Lord, checking on Lord. And, and when I was reading this passage, I was thinking of you, Lord. Hope you don't mind me using your name. I'm okay, but forgive my unbelief. <laughs> you ever have those moments where you can still feel the air, and you're like, I think I'm going to be okay. I'm trusting the Lord that I'm going to be okay. But would you... Would you give me a little grace when I'm not okay? I, I want to be okay. In faith, I'm praying that I'm, I'll be all right. But forgive my unbelief. Because you see, that's the tension that we have when, within the spiritual realm and the physical realm. Sometimes you, in faith, you believe God can. We know that God's can, God can. And the word of God says that he can. And so we say, by faith, I believe. But Lord, would you forgive that moment where I do have tension in my unbelief and forgive that. The prayer of perspective is so helpful. Next, we learn about the prayer of presence. Father, help me to abide in you throughout the day. We learned to how to push in prayer. P U S H. Pray until something happens. Push. Third. We get to continue on. Pray the prayer of potential. Can everyone say potential? This is the prayer of potential. Father, help me to live out your potential in me today because in me dwells greatness. Did you notice that prayer was not, Lord, Father, help me live out my potential. Because sometimes when you live out your potential, Your potential is limited. But when you live out God's potential in you, that's powerful. You can't contain God. You can contain God within your own frame of mind, within the size of your heart and the size of your brain of understanding, but you can't contain God. So when you begin to pray the prayer of potential... There is such power in recognizing Colossians 1 27 to whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you the hope of glory. You see, the hope of glory dwells in you. The goodness of God dwells in you. The greatness of God dwells in you. That's why he can say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Because if you think in the capacity of your own understanding, you will always be limited by you. That's why David understood that and he would say, trust in the Lord. That's why uh, Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You see, when you receive the mind of Christ, that's what Romans 12, 1 and 2 is all about. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to, 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 under, to take this mind. Lord, I, it's, it's, this mind is, is limited. So if I take off this mind and put on your mind, which is unlimited, that is the power of praying, the prayer of potential. God is unlimited. God is all-knowing. God, the Bible says in the book of James, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally. That's the power of prayer. That's the power of potential. When you seek a higher, greater source of power, it is unlimited potential. God has given each one of us the power of potential, but it does not mean that you all will reach your potential. It is the purpose of Satan to prevent you from reaching your full potential. Romans 8, 11 says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead also shall quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. But Satan's goal is to prevent you from reaching that full potential for, for, for God. And so he is constantly. The Bible says that he is like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says that he is a liar, so he will constantly lie to you. The Bible says that he is a thief, so he constantly steals your joy, steals your thoughts, steals your, uh, your, your love, steals your passion. The Bible says that he is a destroyer. He's He's one of those that just launches grenades from a distance and he's launching and launching and launching why because he is out to destroy you. He's trying to limit you. He's trying to prevent you. So we must pray the prayer of potential. I you probably didn't notice this but I'm Asian. I know you're smiling because you're like he is. There is a fish, it's an Asian fish, it's a Japanese fish. You may have seen them around even here in Florida, but the koi fish, anybody familiar with the koi fish? I want you to understand this, uh, this, this subject of potential. If you take a koi fish and you put that koi fish inside of a, maybe a bowl, that koi fish will only grow as big as that bowl in proportion to that bowl. Does that make sense? You take the same koi fish, but you have if you have raised that koi fish in maybe a bigger tank, he will grow in proportion to that bigger tank. Now you take that same fish if you will, if you take that fish and you put him into a pond, he will grow in proportion to the size of the pond. If you take that koi fish if you will put him in the size of a uh, of a nice river he will grow in proportion to the size of that river what are you saying listen we are like the koi fish you need to place put yourself in an environment where you can grow in proportion to your god-given abilities but yet here you are sometimes you limit yourself in that fish bowl and you're wondering how come I've not grown because maybe your fish pond shouldn't be the fish pond that you're hanging out in you might need to trade out your fish pond for a bigger fish pond so that you can reach your potential for Jesus Christ and that's the power of potential you see that's why we can have people who grow in grace it doesn't matter the size that you think I am or you place me in sometimes we are hung in our mind I remember visiting Thailand for the first time and I remember seeing a baby elephant and he was hung on to a, just a little, a, little, a little chain, 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 that rhymes, I like that. I'm a poet and I don't even know it. So a little chain and that chain, that baby elephant would just, would just wiggle that back and forth. I remember going towards that baby elephant, I was hesitant and he had his big old trunk and I wanted to give him a hug, you know, they're just cute little animals and they're big but they're cute. And they're uh, just adorable. And I remember touching them for the first time. And then I watched just nearby from a distance a gigantic elephant that would be like his brother or dad or somebody, a relative. And I remember the same elephant, the same thing. But this elephant, I knew that the chain, he couldn't really break that chain. But I recognized that big old elephant. I knew if he wanted to, he could just snap that chain right off but somehow he had been trained at a very young baby elephant age to be stuck to that chain. And I believe that sometimes God's people allow that little chain to grab a hold of us. And we're just thinking that, well, this is the way it's gonna be, and so I'll just enjoy life being held onto this chain. But whom the son has set free. He is free indeed. You see, you're like that big elephant that just needs to, in this moment, and you, God might even be challenging you and convicting you and saying, you know what? I am set free. I am bigger than this chain because my God is greater. And I just need to snap that off and walk in freedom of the Lord. The power of potential. You have the power of, a potential in you because in you dwells the fullness of God 42 inches long a koi fish can grow that's pretty big how's your water how's your pond how's your tank how's your bowl Ephesians 1, verse 19 to 23. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which is wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and he sent Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named and not only in this world but also in the world to come, verse 23, and hath put all things under His feet and gave Him to be the head of all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Don't live in a fishbowl when God wants you to live in the fountain of life. In the everlasting river that flows forever. The power, the prayer of potential. You should pray, God, release my potential. God, release your potential in me so that I can do kingdom works that you have intended for me. You've heard me say it before. It is not impossible. It is him possible. I am possible. Is self-centered. When you start thinking, I am possible, this is not a self-help five steps and say these things and you're going to be okay. But it's, believing the word of god in faith and being able to ask the lord to be renewed in your spirit impossible or i am possible the spelling of is self-centered him possible h i m possible is savior-centered are you self-centered today or savior-centered today philippians 4:13 i can do all things through christ through Christ who strengthens me. Psalm 119:11 Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Prayer number 4. Pray the prayer of positivity. Pray the prayer of positivity. These should be easy for you to remember, they all start with P. Positivity. Something like this, Father help me to help me to dwell on your goodness and to think about good things today. The devil will distract me from keeping my heart and mind away from you. But I choose to gaze upon you for you alone are good and you only do that which is good. Philippians 4, 8 says this, Finally, brothers, whatever things are, who knows the next word, true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Scripture commands us to think on these things. But you see, when you do the opposite of that, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever things are false, whatever things are of a lie whatever things are unjust, whatever things are impure, whatever things are unlovely, whatever things are of a bad report, if there be any virtue, think on those things. And no wonder your mind is filled with sarcasm, with doubt, with unbelief, with worry, with anxiety, with fear, with concern, And it just weighs on you. And then now you're carrying all of that. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, oh, would you just cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. Just take off your load. The Bible, Jesus said beautifully in his word, let me have your burdens for my burdens are light. Your yoke is heavy, but my yoke is light. Come join me, follow me, Jesus says. Trade them in. Trade them in for the positive things, for the pure things, for the honest things, for the lovely things. If you've got a mindset where you start off the day and you're like, oh man, it's gonna be one of those days. Would you say a prayer for yourself? Lord, would you let me have your mind and your spirit for the day? Because I believe today you have something good for me. You say, but I don't believe it. Forgive my unbelief. Have faith to pray it and then tag underneath there next to it. But Lord, forgive my unbelief. You see, that's that's okay. When you can pray the prayer of faith and even beyond that, ask God to forgive you where you doubt. Lord, I do believe that today your goodness is for me. Lord, today I want to claim Jeremiah 29, 11, because I believe that you do have plans for me, plans to bless me, plans to prosper me, plans to not of, uh, not of evil but of good. Delight yourself in the Lord. Trust also in him and he will guide your path. That's the word of God and that's his promises for you. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Levi, happy birthday by the way. The steps of a good man, Lord, Let me think on good things. Let me think on lovely things. And Lord, I pray, I rebuke what the enemy is trying to put in my mind to infiltrate me that I cannot be healed in Jesus' name because I believe you are the healer. And you start praying prayers of faith and praying prayers of positivity. You'll be amazed at how your spirit begins to change. No wonder Thomas the Engine who had the prayer of positivity, if you will. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Man, everyone around me thinks I can. And because I think I can, I know I can, I believe I can. Yes, I can do it. Up that mountain I go. Here we go. Chugga, chugga, choo, choo. But you see, the prayer of positivity, Tyler, is contagious, isn't it? Can you imagine being a sports team and saying, yeah, this one's a tough one, guys. I don't think we can do it. What type of coach would that be? What type of teammate would it be? But then all of a sudden, Bob, when you're around people that says, man, this is the team. I know they're hard, but we've been practicing. We can do this. I know we can. I believe we can. Bro, you got it in you. Come on, join me. One, two, three, team. And all of a sudden, your attitude starts changing, doesn't it? That's the prayer of positivity. It doesn't diminish that the enemy is not fighting you. It acknowledges who is for you. And if he is for me, who can be against me? The power of praying positive prayers. David and Goliath, can you imagine? I don't think I can. <laughs> he sure is big. He sure is tall. He looks like Mike pickerel. He looks like Tim Veldy and John Blake and Steve put together in one. But the power of positivity says, I believe God can. And I believe God will. Don't be around negative people who tell you they cannot. That you cannot. Last one and we're done. Pray the prayer of provision. Pray the prayer of provision. The prayer of provision looks something like this. Father, thank you for, for providing all my needs. Thank you for what you have done, are doing, and will do. That's the prayer of positivity. I'm looking for... Oh, I've got it over here. Philippians 4.19, but my God... Everyone say, my God. God. Amen. I love that. Right in the front row with a voice. My God. But my God shall supply... Everyone say, shall supply. Doesn't that start changing your mindset already? My God shall supply all of your needs. Everyone say, all your needs. Man, just those simple phrases starts changing my mind already, Tim. My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches. Not mine, I have limited resources. Julio, I got limited resources, but my God has unlimited resources. His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Man, just those prepositions within each one, pretty powerful. My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. In Christ Jesus. Pretty powerful stuff. Pretty powerful stuff. It will change the way you start praying. Pray the prayer of provision. I have learned through the years that God owns it all. And God owns me. And God will provide for me. A man was at the airport waiting for his flight. He wasn't even hungry, but he bought coffee and donuts. He sat, he started to sit down, and he started eating uh, donuts and drinking his coffee. The other man on the other side reaches his hand across the table and into his bag of donuts. The audacity of the other man. The man reaches ba- the bag again and turns to the other end. The man stands up and reaches into his bag again and starts eating it. The man was just so upset. He had bought these donuts and he was wondering why the other guy was eating his donuts. So he got fed up. So he grabbed his donuts, grabbed his coffee and started leaving. And he recognized, I have two bags of donuts. He sat across another guy who also had a bag of donuts. And he was reaching into someone else's bag of donuts and got upset. For eating his donuts when his donuts were in his hand and he forgot. Are you eating someone else's donuts and enjoying someone else and getting frustrated? I love what a, a church member said to me last week. I'm so glad you said what you said last week because I was praying to help meet the needs of the church and I looked at the budget and I thought it's this much and our business office was calculating. We have 400 giving units within the church. And if every giving unit gave, that means uh, every giving family gave $21 or $25, um, somewhere around that range, uh, every week just to help the budget, we wouldn't even have a deficit. (laughs) And I thought, "That's, that's pretty small. I could do $25 extra a week if that'll help the church budget. I love what he said to me afterwards though. And then he said, and I wanted to give a big amount to help the church budget right now. And I thought, no, it's not my responsibility to take care of all of that because we're the church. And in my heart, I started beating saying, amen, brother, amen. We are the church. It's not one person's responsibility to take care of the finances of the church. It's not a group of people's responsibility. It's the church's responsibility to honor God in our tithes and offerings. This church member wrote, history of a tither. Unlike many, I was not saved through a a traumatic or abasing experience. God showed me my great blessings and seeing them, I grew in appreciation of his gifts and he opened my eyes to salvation. It just made sense. After being saved, I wanted to know more about God and tithing is one of the things that I wanted to understand and do. So I began tithing. When our family was making very little, there was nothing left over at the end of the week but we did it anyway. We ate beans and fish out of the river. We could see God blessing us financially, even if the cash wasn't there. People gave us vehicles when we needed them. We got help working on our house from friends, and we enjoyed perfect health. So God was raining down blessings upon us that we could see but I believe that the Bible is telling us that the blessings will be financial in our storehouse as well. I remember thinking it would, not be, it would be nice if a $10 bill didn't mean so much to me, that it would not seem like a lot of money. It's about how much money is left over at the end of the week. Without me looking, God put a better job in front of me, then another, and then another. So it wasn't long till the $10 bill didn't mean that much to me then $20 bill, then a $50 bill, then a $100 bill, and now what's left over is $1,000 at the end of the week. So I believe wholeheartedly in tithing. So I was talking to God about blessing my business so that I might make up the deficit for the church budget, but God made it clear to me that he did not want one person to stand up and make up the difference. He wants the body of the church to begin believing in him and his word and trusting his word that he will bless them richly for obeying him. That was a good letter. Not my words. That was from a church member who recognized the power of provision and the responsibility as we as believers have in providing for the work of God as well is God first in your life or are you eating someone else's donuts worship team is going to join me on platform and I don't know how God ministered to you through the message but can we all stand to our feet we'd always like to encourage you that if you want to do business with God to your left we pray with our prayer partners. To your right, you can pray by yourself in your own way with the Lord. But I would incul- encourage this at all times. Always worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And when truth is revealed to you and truth is cleansing an unbelief in your heart and life, reconcile that with the Lord and walk with the Lord and do business with God. I love what 1 Corinthians says in 1 Corinthians 13. You can pray all kinds of prayer. You can have all kinds of faith. But if you do not have love, you have nothing. Brothers and sisters, walk in love. Walk in faith and see what God can do in your life.
1: Waiting here for you. You're the Here for you, with our hands lifted high in praise, and it's you we adore, singing out. We adore
0: to sing and declare and lift up our hands and say hallelujah because you are worthy to be praised and Lord we are so challenged just in the spirit of what you're doing in our church and in the spirit of worship Lord your presence was thick today and Lord we're grateful for that and Father I pray that your word as it was being declared that Lord we can continue abiding in your word abiding in your presence and we can begin changing the way that we pray the prayer of perspective the prayer of presence the prayer of provision the prayer of positivity the prayer of power there's great power in the name of Jesus and we have all authority because in the name of Jesus we come that's why we can say at the end of our prayer in Jesus name because we come in that authority we come to your throne in that authority so we can say in Hebrews and honor what Hebrews has told us to come boldly to the throne of grace so father I pray that this week we can walk out these five principles of helping us to change the way we pray and Lord help us to be a church that is a church of prayer that we're constantly in season out of season we're constantly praying for one another luke 18:1 says men and women ought always to pray and not to faint don't give up but to keep bombarding the throne of grace lord i pray that tonight when we gather together at four o'clock we will be in a spirit of prayer for your church to move forward for your freedom to be released on this church for us to walk in the goodness and restoration of what you desire to do for this church that we can be reconciled with our brothers and sisters that we can move forward and we can behold that god uh we were challenged this morning from philippians to press toward the prize of the high calling of god in christ jesus concerning you which meant that we were going to not look back but we were going to press forward so in jesus name we press into you We lean into you. We press to you. We love you. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. I love you, church. God is so good. On your way out, stop by the cafe, have a cup of coffee together, and don't forget to come back at 4 p.m.